0: So you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. It has been so long, hasn't it? Uh, If you're listening in the future, there'll be no time at all between them because streaming, but it's been uh, seven weeks since I released a thing, which is uh, way longer than I thought it was going to be. That was scary, right? Were you convinced that I was never coming back? I was too. (laughs) Uh, Before we jump into this podcast, which is called How to Update Your Emotional Operating System, um, the the there's work outside. And when I say work, I mean like they're digging up the sidewalk with like very advanced, um, concrete, uh, breaker, pounder, digger combos of just, it is so loud. And also I was like, I am, are you, are you kidding me? I am recording a podcast today. So if you hear any sort of like the house is rumbling or shaking, it's just the uh, the sidewalks being serviced on the day that I'm trying to do this. But I'm committed to you, and this is happening today. So here we go. Um, first, if you hear that my voice is different, because every client that I've talked to has commented on it. Um, one, I have seen some shit, so this is applicable. <laughs> like, Just my voice is a little deeper, a little, little grittier. Uh, and number two, it's just it's allergies is the answer. And at some point I will share all of the lessons that I learned in the first 40 days of being in Portland. Uh, but those are still working themselves through. We're not at a place of resolution. And so, uh, yeah, I'll get to that. But in the meantime, I am fine. I can breathe. I can sleep. These were not things I could say for a long time there. Uh, that was frightening and I'm back. And, uh, I feel better than ever, which is a strange, strange thing that I didn't see coming. So touche, universe. And now, how to update your emotional operating system. And because you listen to the podcast and you don't just read this, you get to know the secret, which is this has been something that I have uh, honed and honed and honed and honed and let sit and honed and let sit. And that's one of the ways that I know it's important. Um, the longer that I have to spend with the thing before it gives me its permission to share it. Generally, the more important it is, so this is another one of those, like it's okay if this doesn't sink in the first time, it's okay if this doesn't um, do what you needed to do the first time um because it's not supposed to it's a it's a deeply deeply it's for it's from the deepest parts of me to you, um so feel free to listen again and without any guilt or shame because I am addressing, uh, nothing smaller than like the, the biggest things that exist in our lives. Cool. So no pressure. Uh, I'm going to make it as light and as fun as possible. And I'm going to do my best, um, to frame this in a way that is, uh, interesting that you can stay with me. And that also challenges you because that's part of my job too. So how to update your emotional operating system. Here we go. I, have recently discovered the work of Fred Rogers. That's, of course, Mr. Rogers to those of us in the States who grew up with him and uh, the work of his foundation as well. And one of the core values of the Fred Rogers Center, which I grew up 12 miles from, but it didn't exist when I was a child, so I didn't know, (laughs) is... um, the deep and simple. It's together. It's not the deep. It's not the simple. It's the deep and simple one value. To quote their brochure, quote, whether you are a child or an adult, substance and authenticity still have a place in this world. I would add a very non-Mr. Rogers, god damn it. Uh, And then back to quote, we develop meaningful programs that emphasize the importance of connecting with children and families, end quote. The deep and simple, that phrase, is such a helpful articulation of what I've been trying to do for a long time now. Um, Not to give you easy to follow, but ultimately unsatisfying advice. Not to give you something that you can Google or that the answers could change tomorrow. But to help, help you access your own deep and simple bits with me. So for this i'm going to talk about all the ways breathwork which is my regular deep and simple practice has continued to shape my life and how it can help to shape yours too but first let's talk about your default emotional operating system an operating system if you've never um, paid much attention to computers is simply the system upon which everything else depends so it's not that you have a laptop that is not the system the system is the hardware upon which everything else is placed so it might be something Windows-based if you have um, a Windows-based computer. Operating system is Windows. in uh, Apple, to be honest, I don't even know what version we're on. It has very epic names like Mojave or like Desert Tiger Wonder. Um, yeah, that's your operating system. It's not that you have a Mac. or It's that there's an operating system on top of that that runs all the other software and allows it to function. And the fact that I don't know is kind of embarrassing, but kind of just on brand. I don't know. We're going to call it uh, Tiger Berry Boobs. That's my Mac operating system at this point. Okay. So your default emotional operating system. Um, We humans sort of get a default emotional operating system installed long before we ever go to school or even learn to speak. As infants and toddlers, we pick up on the unexpressed emotions around us and within us. We learn to cower at loud noises, or we learn to make loud noises as a means of self-expression. Bear once said something like, I can just picture you banging pots and pans as a kid, and I was like, yep, that was my favorite game. He grew up in a household in which noise was swiftly punished, and so it's hard for him to imagine being allowed to haul out every single pan in grandma's kitchen to bang away with a wooden spoon for hours on end, right? Like very different experiences of childhood. We figure out what makes adults respond to us kindly and not so kindly. We learn that it's okay to feel our feelings, or it's most definitely not okay to feel our feelings. In many cases... Um, if you are female, you're allowed to feel feelings, but not anger. And if you were a male often raised societally as a male, you're often allowed to only feel anger. No other feeling is acceptable except for just stone face. I learned that adults liked me better when I was silent before I went to kindergarten. So I did my best to be as silent and studious as possible throughout my school years, right? up The whole way through high school. Now they never said, please be silent, Kristen. We prefer you that way. But I was emotionally intelligent enough to notice that I got compliments for sitting quietly, for paying attention quietly, for reading quietly, and for holding my big questions inside because they made adults uncomfortable. I also internalized the message that feelings were bad, and therefore when I had feelings, I was bad. As in Enneagram 4, which is basically just the fucking feelingest feelings of feelings of all time, I have so many feelings. And so that meant that if feelings are bad, I spend a lot of my time labeling myself as bad for the first few decades of my life. If feelings are bad, I must be the worst human on earth, right? There's a danger to saying feelings are bad. So most of our emotional operating system goes online before our memory kicks in. And often we can't access it or at least its nuances, via means like talk therapy. That's because it is both pre-verbal and subconscious. It's hard to access our own operating systems. Like, what is going on here? Further, ancestral trauma can set us up with deeply held, nearly uncontrollable reactions to various stimuli. In studies of generational trauma in rats, which is a thing, two generations of animals cower at the sight of the tools used to torture their grandparents, even though the tools have never once been used against them. That's terrifying, right? Like, no matter our family of origin, we have painful and subconscious reactions to certain stimuli locked into our DNA. Obviously, this is going to be the very worst for those who are indigenous or black or brown or LGBTQIA or just generally marginalized peoples. That's going to be the worst. But I don't want to speak for that, or I don't have those experiences. I am not indigenous. I'm not going to pretend I know things about that. I'm just going to also say that the female inheritance on both sides of my family tree is enduring an absolutely joyless existence in a loveless marriage, but shut up about it because there are more miserable people elsewhere. That is the inheritance. And that um, affects a lot of things, whether we want to call it a trauma, trauma or not, if that's what you're taught, it's really just not that great of an inheritance. So how do we come into the present reality? How do we undo the damage caused by the emotional wiring locked into our DNA? When we find a deep and simple spiritual practice that resonates with us, we can begin to access our emotional operating system. Um, and I say access because it's previously, to me at least, um, inaccessible. It might be accessible to athletes or to people that are really good in their bodies, but I have never really been good in my body. And if you're like the, like, what is, what is happening in your ankle right now? I'm like, okay, let me just take a minute. And it's taken years to be even able to feel it. Um, so I'm going to use breath work as my deep and simple practice example, because that's what I've used to do the work of rewiring my patterns over the years. If you found meditation or yoga or knitting or chanting to be the way you do your deep and simple work, fantastic and keep going. Like there is no judgment of whatever you've found. That is wonderful, wonderful work. Breathwork is ideal for those of us who have a history of abandoning our bodies in times of stress or difficulty or who are very smart and we're praised for being very smart. And so that pushes you further into your brain. Uh, It's for people who need a tool that's still doable on days with low energy, which if you've ever experienced depression is like the definition of depression. (laughs) Um, And it's for people who prefer to do our biggest work privately, meaning you can do breath work in a group and that's rad. And also you can do it at home privately, which is also rad because you can, believe it or not, be embarrassed of your own vulnerability in front of people and uh, you can even be embarrassed, embarrassed of your own vulnerability privately. So we want to make the safest container possible for you to do your work. At the beginning of a breathwork practice, we're making pretty big shifts with each session. We're taking on pretty massive updates each time we do the work. It's incredibly intense because in emotional operating system terms, we're moving from Windows 95 to Windows 10. In non-geek speak, that is a 20-year leap in technology minus any helpful programming notes or instruction manuals. You can't just Google what the fuck just happened in my body right then and I get an answer. As we see progress, we will naturally have clunky bits and awkward phases, again because there is no instruction manual. Some settings disappear or get rearranged as we continue to do breathwork regularly. Generally, our own bad habits will be taken away. One day my body just decided that even a single alcoholic beverage would cause a hangover the next day and then I had to try that many times to be certain that that was true (laughs) because I was like no this is bullshit I want to be able to have a glass of wine no Uh, no no that my body has just rejected it and it's not worth it right but you only find that out when things get disappear or get rearranged like oh my god why but also that's a really good thing Um, We all have our Windows Vista phase when it feels like everyone has turned on us and nothing is quite right. Like, we want to write a Yelp review for ourselves that is like, this is broken and stupid and terrible. I'm having a tough time. I don't understand. That's a phase, though. Slowly, we get to the latest operating system. So, we have updates that go from build 10.1 to build 10.17. In geek terms, those are pretty small changes that are not nearly as complicated or major as they were at the beginning. With time, we get to the fine-tuning-of-details phase, not the throwing-out-societal-systems-one-by-one phase. If you're like, breathwork sounds scary. Breathwork is powerful, and where there is power, there is generally fear. But it is not something to be feared. Over time, breathwork becomes less about producing these big breakthroughs and more about maintaining day-to-day emotional well-being. And I'm going to explain this in incredibly personal terms, because that's what I have access to. I don't want to generalize. And because that clinical term, emotional operating system, sounds really nice and really lovely and really easy, and I don't want to give that impression. Uh, We all know that updating our hard drives or computers or phones, it's always going to be really easy, and it's only going to take three minutes, right? (laughs) And then we end up on the phone with tech support for hours, We have lost our license key for that really expensive software and have to buy it again. I just want to say curse you Photoshop programs that I have repurchased over the past decade. Like, oh, oh, the license key and the it doesn't matter that you can find a proof of purchase. The license key is the thing. Yeah. And sometimes we have to do a bunch of work all over again because it has mysteriously vanished from existence, from the backups and the backup backups and the backblaze backups, it's just gone sometimes. It's a real pain in the ass and we all know it, but also we get new features and new possibilities and apps that make our lives easier when we bother to update everything. And this is not nearly as important when you're going from 10.1 to 10.17 as it is when you're going from the way back and the subconscious to the current and the present. Breathwork is like that. It's not necessarily easy, but it is worth it. A bigger example. Uh, A few years ago, when I discovered breathwork, I was certain I would be depressed forever. It seemed to be a strange but integral part of my identity. Like I wrote about it over and over, sharing the tidbits I learned as time went on. Uh, I didn't try to hide it, I was just honest about it. That was my practice for a while. My mom has been depressed all her life, as has my father. And when I say all, I mean all. So depression streams down both sides of my family tree, and there didn't seem to be any escaping it. For a long time, I had trouble imagining a day in which I would have enough energy to shower, brush my teeth, and leave the house. And that long time was like, it was a few years. And I would do those things often, but having enough energy to do them without thinking about them just seemed to be outside the realm of possibility. I was completely seduced by despair and I could not imagine being free of depression. Like it was simply not imaginable. It runs in my family and it's taken over many years of my life. So I'm stuck with it, right? Breathwork helped to create the space within me to do the work necessary for getting free of depression. It helped me find a little more energy each day. And when you have like three crumbs, finding two more crumbs is like, it makes a big difference. It's still only five crumbs, but it's so much. (laughs) It's 66% more crumbs than you had yesterday. Um, It caused a little less fear of delving deep into my emotions. Because remember, emotions were bad. But also I have an infinite number of them because Enneagram 4. It gave me a little more freedom to explore possibilities. Like, what if one day I'm not depressed? Like I had to believe that that was possible before I could ever begin to move toward it. A little more insight into my own life, including my future. And mostly that's like... Maybe if you would stop eating sugar continuously, Kristen, you would feel a little better. Maybe. Just maybe. (laughs) A little more room to observe and have kindness toward that sad, miserable version of Kristen who had given up on life. Like, I see you and I see how small and scared and sad you are. And also we don't have to do this forever. And now, years into practicing, with the rest of my life to keep practicing, um, I wake up feeling like my default is neutrality, if not joy, on any given day. Um, if you are used to waking up and proceeding to calculate precisely how many hours you have to be awake before returning to bed, as I did for many years, this is nothing short of a miracle. Miracle, miracle, miracle. Um, I just said miracle like Rob Bell because it makes me laugh, but miracle. (laughs) Okay, so um, I would, and I just want to point out, if you are in this place, I get it. I have been there. It is a land that I have explored every crevice of. It is the, when you wake up, you just calculate, okay, and then if I go to bed at nine and it's what time now? Okay, I have to be awake. I have to try and be awake for. 12 hours or 14 hours or 16 hours. Um, and then you just you just have a countdown to bed clock in your head. Not because you love bed so much, but because it's the only place that you get a break from being yourself because you get to sleep. After 18 years of taking a pill each morning, I'm tapering off of depression meds with the help of some amazing medical professionals. I say this because, of course, I can't promise that breathwork will be the cure for whatever is happening within you. That's not a thing that anyone can promise. But also I feel like I have to share my story, as I've been doing for the past decade, and trust that it will help those it's meant to help. That if you are currently in the hopeless, horrible abyss that is having a countdown to bed and wondering how you'll find enough energy to shower, this is how I found a way out. I can't guarantee that it'll be your way out, but this has been my way out. Further, I used to, of course, because I'm human, be triggered by specific phrases those close to me said, or slamming doors because childhood, or being unable to resolve deep conflict within 3.4 minutes of its start. And now I can often hold off the emotional avalanche and articulate precisely why that avalanche threatened to start. Not all the time, but often. Which is an enormous improvement, because it used to be all the time. Over the years, and because of breathwork, I have grown kinder and softer than ever before, and that includes to myself. I'm able to hold bigger and bigger amounts of space for people to see what they see, know what they know, and feel what they're feeling. I have less vested interest in specific outcomes. I used to call my coaching dominatrixing, because I'll tell you what to do in what order to get results, and that just slowly got pushed away, because this is much more about like what is best for you in your circumstance what is manageable what is doable what scares you it's much kinder now i freak out less about dumb shit that doesn't matter mostly because i'm too busy working on important things that do matter like this and finally i've got some really serious freedom as an empath if you're a person who feels what other people are feeling often against your own will Please check out kristenkelp.com slash empath for helpful resources. And I say that not because I'm trying to sell you anything. There's nothing for sale there. Um, it's just there's a sort of empath magical notebook thing for opt-in. If you can't find it, just send me an email, k okay, at com. I will find the magical empath beginner kit and send it to you. Cool? And don't hesitate to do that. I would love to do that because being an empath was a liability to me. Like where before I would cry because someone in the room was crying I am now able to hold my energy and emotions in such a way that you are free to cry, and I am free to cry with you or not. For the first 35 years of my life as an empath, that or not was not an option. It was simply emotions are contagious. You're sad, I'm sad. You're mad, I'm mad. You're happy, I'm happy. Uh, Breathwork has helped me to regulate my emotional volatility and my boundaries. Um, Enneagram 4 here, emotions are what I do in such a way that I feel out of control or like I'm too much, those heavy air quotes on too much, far less than I did on the past. Emotions provide very useful information, and I am free to engage with them, but they do not run the show any longer. And that, again, if you're an Enneagram 4, is fucking phenomenal progress. It seems impossible. Uh, To be clear, this hasn't been easy progress. I've gone into my breathwork practice with dread, despair, despair, Fear and rage on many occasions. I have wailed and screamed and kicked and wept and cried so hard I did that gulping for air fish out of water move more times than I would like to recall. I have shouted out my too muchness and my not enoughness. I've fought for my right to be on the planet, both literally and metaphorically. I've used breathwork to tame asshole brain, to go to the heart of suicidal ideations and dispel them, and to uninstall many of the bullshit rules society has handed me over the years. It's been intense and awful and painful and beautiful and transcendent and weird and spunky and courageous and fearful and messy and gorgeous and worth it. You begin to trust breathwork to do the work you need even if you can't articulate what you need when your session begins trust means the practice stirs up less resistance over time so you become less afraid of the practice less afraid of what you'll see and you trust the process and the practice and then just to reiterate um asshole brain has calmed the fuck down it pipes up less now and when it does it's more and more obvious When I hear, you're no good sack of shit and everyone hates you, in my brain, hello, asshole brain, I wave hello, like, good try, but that was really obvious. Um, There was a time when I just believed all of my thoughts, period, because your thoughts are in your head. It's you talking to you, and so if you're talking to you, then that must be true, right? No. (laughs) No. Uh my breathwork practice has beaten back asshole brain thoughts by about 70% on the regular and by about 90% on the best days. So it lets if there would be a hundred asshole brain thoughts, truly on the best days, there might be like ten asshole brain thoughts, and they're really obvious. Um I started writing this particular piece for you in November. Uh, before the move to Portland. So from a few months in the future, I'm going to say that breathwork has helped me to regulate asshole brain significantly. These amazing I-beat asshole brain stats do dip significantly uh, when I'm sick and I can't breathe and I can't work and I can't remember my new zip code when I'm quizzed about it on order forms, right? So there were a few weeks of it dipping and then given a few milligrams of the right allergy meds, the ability to breathe reliably, some time to learn my zip code and the ability to work again, Those stats are back to reported levels. Breathwork has helped me get freer than ever, is what I'm saying. Um, I can't promise that it's going to be easy to start or to continue a breathwork practice. I can't say that you'll immediately experience magical shifts or emotional movements, because I'm talking about the work of years. I can say that every single person I know who has stuck with this practice and who has had the energy, the... uh, the emotional courage to engage with it has grown bigger, more magical, more joyful and more self-aware over time. That is across the board 100% good luck remaining an asshole if you have a regular breathwork practice and good luck holding onto your asshole brain if you have a regular breathwork practice. It's going to change you. So in a world that values dollars and prestige and awards over nearly anything else, internal progress might not mean much because that's what this very much is. But to me, Growth, magic, enjoyment, and self-knowledge are the name of the game. And if you're curious, I would fucking love to show you how to take up a breathwork practice slowly, slowly through the softness sessions. Because basically what I've just described is a horror and it's scary and I get that, so stay with me. In the softness sessions, I will walk you through an incredibly challenging yet universal life lesson I've faced And then sit with you and hold space with you as you breathe. If you think that holding space is funny or easy, you have never done it. (laughs) Um, That's my job and it's a really big one. So I will introduce the breathing pattern each time and we'll breathe together for increasing periods of time over six weeks. So we start with um, just about 12 minutes and then we increase that slowly over six weeks to about 25 minutes. And then we have a practice that's about 30 minutes of breathing at the very end. So um I don't know of anyone else who does this, who does the like let's ease into this. Let's go slowly and lovingly. There is no rush. Um the softworth session the poo cha I did it wrong. Here we go. The softness sessions are breathwork 101, basically. Um and they would be awesome for you if you know you're running a broken emotional operating system and by broken I don't mean you are broken the emotional operating system is broken that doesn't make you broken at all Uh, it'd be awesome for you if you love if you would love to loosen your ties to asshole brain to have it control less of you it would be awesome for you if you're ready to create healthy new emotional patterns like you can see like that's an emotional pattern that just sort of sends me into spirals and you can begin to address it Uh, It'd be awesome for you if you're tired of letting your too-muchness or not-enoughness stop you. In particular, my fellow fours, oh, please, just, just please, 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 please do breath work. If not with me, then with someone else. Please, it is so helpful. Not just if you're a four, but especially if you're a four on the Enneagram. Uh, and if you're curious about breathwork, or it's called to you, or it's sparkly for you, it's shiny for you, it's really interesting for you, uh, but you don't want to dive into the deep end to start. Like, you don't just want to start with 60 minutes, which I totally understand. Let's do it this way. That's what the softness sessions are for. This is, without a doubt, and without any, like, weirdness about it, the most powerful and direct thing I've ever made, and it's $88. Um, I should charge more. Yes. Thank you for your advice. Um, and if I was like a sit, sis, het, white, passive income obsessed dude, trying to get you in a funnel and then upsell you to a multi-thousand dollar program, I would, but I want to make it as easy as possible to say yes to doing this work. The work itself is hard enough. The saying yes because of money should be easy. Like you can pay in three monthly payments of $29 and 69 cents. So you've got one less excuse to skip this one. Does that make sense? Like, I just want you to be able to do this and the price is like the smallest hurdle to it. Hopefully. Um, Breathwork isn't easy. Uh, it's not sexy. It often isn't fun, but it is beneficial in the deepest, truest ways possible. I have never left a breathwork session feeling more lost than when I began. Um, you will move through some muck and then touch your inner knowing every time. Um, that's that's how it works. Uh, also, my telling you this uh, has probably freaked you right the fuck out, so let's talk about that. <laughs> Um, I'm telling you breath work will help you feel things and you don't want to feel things. Most people are afraid of feeling what they're feeling. And when I say most, I mean, uh, most, the vast majority. Um, so maybe you live in a constant state of fear that your feelings when felt will cause the destruction of everything on earth and possibly take out a few neighboring planets. Like you're a bottler and it gets bottled and bottled and bottled. Imagine all-out, Kali goddess-like, no-holds-barred decimation, then take it one step further, and that's what you picture happening if you feel your rage or upset or disappointment or fear for even a few moments. So you push the feels down and down and down, growing more fearful of them all the time because they grow in intensity as you add to the not-felt pile. Life is like trying to hold a feelings-laden beach ball underwater at all times And the minute you stop actively wrestling it, the ball pops up again. Generally, this happens at incredibly convenient times, like when you're grocery shopping or when a kind stranger makes eye contact and then you find your eyes leaking or you find yourself disproportionately angry. And what is going on? The beach ball popped up again. Yep. Um, Or maybe you've learned to numb your feelings with the speed and dexterity of an Olympic athlete. You use food or alcohol or screens or... Insert whatever your habit is here, I will not judge, to avoid feeling much of anything. Yes, I have done that too. Numbing can be fairly obvious, like you're eating a whole pie in one sitting, but it can also happen with the flip of an emotional switch. Like, bang, it takes two seconds. I literally said to myself, I'm never going to feel this way again with regards to love, and shut down my heart to such an extent that I married the absolute wrong person and stayed in a relationship with him for a decade. As always, there is no judgment for the dumb shit you're doing right now because I have usually, generally, often, always, always done the dumb shit myself. Like, remember how my parents' families are full of joyless, loveless marriages? I repeated that pattern 100% with 10 years of my life and then I chose something different. You can too whether you're locked or numbed, your feelings are in a, inaccessible to you. You're basically running a clunky emotional operating system. See how that made it not about you? It made it about your clunky emotional operating system. That means you can change it. <laughs> right? That's how this works. It's not that you're broken, is that. Listen, you have a shitty you have a shitty emotional operating system. Like whatever was installed right around age 3 or 4 Uh, Yeah, it just needs an update. Every feeling you've stuffed isn't going to magically disappear without your conscious effort. Just like that old computer from 2007 hasn't magically updated its hard drives or processors while sitting in the closet over there. And in all caps with big arrows, I have... This is the most frustrating thing on earth, but it's also true. Like, I get it. If you could just avoid and it would go away, I would be the first person to help you avoid... But unfelt feelings and the lessons they have to teach us don't disappear. You can push them away, but they don't go away. Breathwork can help you begin to process those unfelt bits in a safe way. My agreement with breathwork with the, and with the energy of it, with holding space, with all of this work that I do, is that only that which you're capable of handling will show up in any given session. So if it shows up, you can handle it. Period. That is the agreement. And that is a deeply held soul contract that I have. So you will not have to dive into that big tra- traumatic event in your life on day one of breathwork unless it's something that you can handle. And that is a soul contract level thing that I have signed off on. Does that make sense? It's a metaphysical contract. I get it. It's weird. And also, I'm just telling you the truth. You can wade into the waters slowly this is a process and as you learn to trust the process and me through the program because it's very much me and you more will be revealed and released the other option is to keep shoving and numbing forever which is totally an option you're generally going to grow more unfeeling and fearful as the decades roll on as Brene Brown says who's possibly quoting someone else I apologize if it's someone else the body keeps the score and the body always wins you can access and begin to change your emotional operating system. The the softness sessions make the beginnings of that effort as gentle, enjoyable, and sacred as possible. That's my goal. I would be honored to help, and you can check out at thesoft.space.com or go to kristenkelp.com and click on Breathwork from the menu. Breathwork 101, i.e. the softness session, starts on March 19th, and it lasts for six weeks. Each session is under an hour long and there's a live group breathwork session to end our time together on April 30th. Everything is recorded. You get access to all the sessions in downloadable form and of course you can repeat breathwork sessions as you see fit. If you hop on board now, meaning that you don't wait until March 18th at 1 a.m., the last possible moment to sign up, um, you will get an actual real-life snail mail book um, to do alongside the audio. It's perfect for recording your experiences. So it's all six of the main lessons, which have deep and simple lines. Like, literally, I spent – I wish I was not exaggerating, but it's true. I spent months of my life making each session into a phrase – that was uh, fewer than 15 words that could be a mantra that you carry with you and not mantras like I am brave or I am strong or that bullshit that like, no, not that like deeply held life lessons, deep and simple all the way down. This is what I do. This is, I have words for it now, deep and simple all the way down. That's what this is about. Breath work is a practice you can carry with you every day, anywhere you go, as long as you can breathe reliably. So there are 17 of those books as of this very moment. And because I moved into an apartment um, that was consciously much, much, much smaller than what I had in PA, like, I think it's, uh, I don't know, it's under 600 square feet. I do not have the storage space for purchasing more books. So this is a bonus. There are 17 of them. Go get one. Worst case scenario, you sign up after the books are gone. You will still get the digital version. You can print it on your own at your local copy shop store or with your own home printer. If God bless you, you have a home printer. I do not because they make me very angry and I swear at them when they're out of ink. (laughs) See, that's a truth I didn't think I was going to share, but it's just so true. I haven't been able to have a printer since ooh high school. They just make me angry and violent, and very few things do. So, I pay someone else to do it for me. Uh, if you're ready to do this again, you can grab your spot at thesoft.space.com, or email me kchristenkilp.com. I will send you the appropriate links. And I want to close with, oh, Mr. Rogers, who is so wise. As I burp, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, that was... Let me try that again. As we close, with the words of Mr. Rogers, who is so wise, quote, It's not the honors and the prizes and the fancy outsides of life that ultimately nourish our souls. It's the knowing that we can be trusted, that we never have to fear the truth, that the bedrock of our very being is firm. That. That. That's what I wish for you, and I hope that you get it no matter which deep and simple spiritual practice you, you take on. And if you would like to borrow mine, I would be so, so thrilled to teach you. May you have access to the deep and simple today. May you find a practice that helps you remember how vital and alive you are at any given moment. May you imagine better futures, particularly if your asshole brain is convincing you that where you are is unacceptable, but also unavoidable. May you know the deep gift of loving yourself and of letting others love you. May you find a way to access your internal continent without being frightened of it. May you find a way to feel your feelings without being frightened of them. And may you cast off every last shitty piece of your emotional operating system that's still in there running the show. We've all got them, and we can all get rid of them. As always, thank you so much for listening, for giving me so much of your time and attention and energy. I hope it has served you well. And if you want to join me and us in the Softness Sessions... Just head to the thesoft.space. I will see you there. And it is so good to be back. I love you. Bye. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine, while quietly, or not so quietly, scream-sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month, on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.